Hello and welcome to No More Nostalgia, the show that looks back at the things you once loved and asks were they really all that good or when viewed now were they actually a bit crap. I'm your host Connor Shanley and I am joined by comedian and podcaster extraordinaire Marcus Keeley. Hello Marcus. Hello, how are you? I'm not too bad. How are you, how are you enjoying the lockdown? Um, it's fine. Is there a lockdown? It doesn't. I don't. I don't know if there is now. To be honest, anymore. There's plenty of people out and about, going to beaches and and hanging about, going to uh, I don't know what christenings and barbecues and stuff. I don't really know. I just know that those are generally where people are found, and I, I get the sensation that they're doing it. They are. They are. Yeah. And you can even see the streets are getting busier, and people started throwing birthday parties and having barbecues during the recent warm spell. And I think we could just be looking at uh, a potential second wave some stage later in the year but hopefully not but when you saw those pictures of of the beach over in uh, over in england it was just wow they love it the people love it you can't you know the sun the sun's fantastic people can't get enough of that you know i'm i'm happy enough i'm i'm well immunized from the sun and i don't like it so i'm very unlikely to uh congregate on a beach at the best of time never mind you know the prospective death looming over well, me well at least we can say that we are being uh, socially responsible by um acting like hermits staying inside and even uh, doing these podcasts via the joys of the internet kind of like everyone else so we are distanced and we are isolated so i think we can say we're quite responsible yes and that's a nice wee disclaimer if at any point this podcast sounds a bit funny or a wee bit digitally in the background it's the internet's fault and yes, that's why our, our production values are impeccable if anything goes wrong we can just blame the internet mm-hmm. so Episode two, uh, I think we're going to look back again uh, at, at something that is uh, pretty well known and something I have experience of myself and I believe you uh, may have experience of as well. So just to try and trigger your memory, this might seem somewhat familiar. Just wait for it. Ooh. That, I don't know about you, but that, that takes me instantly back to, to being, I don't know, what it. it eight years old or something like that um and what was probably one of the best uh christmases of my life when i first got a nintendo game boy did you have one yourself i did i had the the big sort of gray bricky one the original i don't think there was one before that i know some came after but there wasn't i don't know if there was like a proto game boy before then but uh to to bring this meandering point to a close yes i did have one (laughs) <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned that, but um, whilst it is it is largely um, largely viewed as being the, the birth of of handhelds, or at least the popular birth of handheld gaming, the, the Game Boy wasn't the first from Nintendo. They had earlier in the eighties. They did a, I think called the, the I think it was the Game and Watch, which was um, basically I don't know if you remember the very simple sort of single screen tiny game consoles where it was literally had a wee LCD and you could move left and right. And the thing was, like, you know, like asteroids or I think there was early Mario maybe on it as well. But it was literally two buttons left and right. And, and that was all it could ever do. Weirdly, I do remember sort of around that time that you could get um, those sorts of things where it's literally a single screen and there's like maybe one or two buttons on it, but on a yeah. key ring. Maybe this is like the post Game Boy boom when that. consoles became a big thing. Then you, you would get Wii games handheld game things on key rings that's effectively that's effectively what it was only a slightly a slightly bigger version in the early 80s um it wasn't until the uh, console of the game boy with you know swappable cartridges and dedicated screen and audio and all that came along that it was really became versatile and flexible and you could say a console rather than just a sort of a novelty handheld game 
the first Game Boy was actually released back in 1989 and continued in development for another 14 odd years in various guises, selling somewhere around 200 million combined, which, you know, for any kind of tech item, gaming or not, 14 year run is mm. quite impressive. I don't know if you remember at the time when, when it came out, there were competitors like Sega's Game Gear or mm. um, what was the other one, the Jaguar or the Lynx? I remember, remember Game them? Gear. I never had a Game Gear, but I remember I remember seeing them mainly probably in the in the mid two thousands. The Game Gear was kind of like a meme about how bad a console can be, I think, or a gaming system can be. I remember there was probably a lot of Counter Strike based memes about Game Gear. That's a weird memory that's being dredged up. But yeah, I remember seeing in, in my mind's eye, I can see a Game Gear you sort of very badly cut out in microsoft paint and put into like a comic panel so i think it was a meme at one point is that bad i i vague i mean i remember i didn't really know anyone who had the game gear but i i do remember one there was like one person in my school that had the game gear and was all biz because you know it had the color screen mm. and it was a bit bulkier and you know all the it was in the midst of all the like the advertising blitz around it and also he thought he was he was the boy um but it just showed that it had one massive flaw that I remember at the time, which was battery life. Because you had that beautiful big color screen and you could play, you know, Sonic or whatever on it, but you played it for two minutes and it was dead. Mm. Yeah. I, I, so I, I think that was really a killer because, you know, funny enough, the, the, I played it for you there from my own Nintendo Game Boy. Oh. Um, which isn't, isn't actually my original. My original was borrowed by a family member and i don't think it ever came back i um, think i think mine is i don't know where it is it's probably somewhere in the south pacific on some sort of big chunk of garbage floating about <laughs> um so that's that's your that so where, where did you get that then how, how much did that cost you is it a collector's item now uh, yeah it was a bit aftermarket it was a it was an ebay thing a few years ago where i think it was 50 or 60 quid actually pretty good for for the for the price the quality of it it's i mean it works perfectly i just saw it turned that on and I think I had still had some games knocking about from back in the day. Basically, Mario Land and Tetris, which I think is ninety percent of the of the game people play it on it. So that cost you about fifty or sixty quid. What was the the recommended retail price back in the day for it? When it launched, um, I think it was somewhere around ninety dollars US, and it was similar, similar here as well. Which you know nowadays for I mean you can get games that cost more than that for their mm. full edition, but back then that was a pretty penny. Yeah, it seems expensive now, but when you th yeah when you think of it, I guess you know it was the you know it was an item of its time and it was a completely new thing. So. I mean, yeah, I guess, but I'm sure it, it costs next to nothing to uh, manufacture something like that now. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the it's RAM's memory. It had all of about eight kilobytes of memory in it. Eight kilobytes. Mm. When you compare it to now where it's, you know, how many gigabytes of RAM your phone has, never mind your Game Boy. But I think that the simplicity of it was part of its genius. You know, it had the it had its own audio chip that, that could only play something like four notes at one time. You know, any song could only be within that eight kilobytes or whatever, so... The music is, what, 100 times less complex or, or decent file size as a, your average MP3 is? Well, the average MP3 these days is, is not very impressive to listen to anyway. I'm sure you would agree. Um, <laughs> give, give me the uh, the kilobyte version. You know, sometimes I, I like to sit and listen to the, you know, like the 8-bit 
style music, but modern songs turned back into that style just to see if the sound good. Exactly the same. It's like one of my one of my things, you know, sometimes when I'm working on something, I'll have music on in the background, you know, just to help you concentrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my go-tos is 8-bit collections, like, you know, Radiohead's Kid A in, in 8-bit or, you know, some Pumpkins album. And they're actually really, really listenable. In fact, there's the whole, you've probably seen yourself, the chiptune community is still going. Mm. With that? No, I presume this is people making it bit music just for the, the crack of it and keeping that sort of style of music going, even though games don't have music like that anymore. Are these all original compositions? Or perhaps I could just let you tell me. Uh, yeah, you're pretty much. It's it's basically. Um, I first saw it in 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 Belfast, one of the Belfast festivals. Um, it's basically you use an original Game Boy, and they have it, you know, modded so it has a, an audio output and you know all that sort of thing and some dedicated software in it. But effectively, what they do is DJ tracks. Mm-hmm. You can do it on the fly using the Game Boy, and I think there's some kind of custom um, cartridge or whatever that you know allows you just to access the music hardware on it. But they literally wow. do a live set with thumping beats and some of them will have more than one Game Boy lined up so they can have more complex <laughs> tunes. I like I like the idea that there's like this underground uh music scene based off like hacked Game Boys and it's it's like it's nothing like people imagine the cyberpunk future of twenty twenty to be like. It's just <laughs> a bunch of lads in some garage somewhere with like five Game Boys lined up going, get that one on the go. <laughs> I mean, you should take you should take a look because I I um I was one of the things I actually looked forward to whatever that festival was. Can't remember now, but it was actually really incredible because you only expect it to be so complex and maybe tickle that sort of retro vibe. Mm. But when they actually do it all together as one and do it on the fly, it actually sounds really really impressive and complicated. And it turns out this is a big thing that loads of people have done. And you know, there's a purity to the ones doing it on the Game Boy because they're not using emulators or computer system to do it they can literally do it with nothing but an amplifier and their collection of game boys right in front of them wow well i'll, I'll look at sure you send me something and maybe maybe if you're feeling extra extra kind you can uh, put a link in the description of this episode that would for be people very to check sensible. it out see that's why you're the the, the podcast extraordinaire you think of these things i i will i will endeavor to do that actually i'll put that in my uh, in my imaginary notes um <laughs> Well, yeah, apparently when it was developed, it wasn't actually um, that popular uh, in, inside of Nintendo. It was the guy who came up with it, the Game & Watch, who apparently, story goes, he was sitting on a train, on a packed train, and saw someone playing with their calculator to pass the time. And mm. he thought, well, why play with a calculator? Why can't we make a game that does that? And that's where it was born. And so uh, that began development of the, the dot matrix game machine. Which I always find was a great line, you know, when you look at the front of your thing, even as a kid, it was said on the top of it, like, dot matrix. It did. It said that above the screen, didn't it? It's, yeah, and I remember thinking, wow, what, what does that mean? Because I was only a kid. So I was yeah. like, oh, that sounds really cool. Didn't actually realize that all it meant was it's the screen you're playing on is a dot matrix. Yes, so it's like, it's, it's all, well, like anything else, it's all made up of tiny, tiny pixels. But in this case... Uh, if I'm remembering correctly on the Game Boy, it didn't take much squinting to be able to see each individual sort of pixel or dot. Yeah, yeah the wee square is basically small squares that have, that have made it up. But what I did find was impressive when I, when I was looking at this before before the show. Apparently it has a frame rate. Now, obviously, it's simple dots and wee screen, but apparently it has a frame rate of like 60 frames per second. You know, there's PC gamers out there who, who would kill for 60 frames a second. They need to get back to the Game Boy. That, that's where it's at. I did kind of think about that, you know, whenever you're talking about now, like 60, 60 frames per second is pro gamer league. But 
back then you had it on a simple little handheld that was you know built like a tank in fact i should probably probably mention that the size of it like do you remember how it felt in your hands when you, know, you had little kid hands and you lifted this I remember it, it feeling very, very heavy and then you put the batteries in and then it was, it's insane how, you know, how, well, I guess our wrists are probably built up from childhood from sitting holding that for hours and hours because <laughs> it was quite, it had like four AA batteries and all in it too, yeah. um, which wasn't great if you didn't have rechargeable batteries. It was horrible for the uh, environment when you think about it, if you were just constantly like going through packets and packets of batteries. I can't, I think I did have rechargeable batteries. I can't quite remember, but I must have done because there was no way my parents would have allowed, you know, eleven ninety nine for like, you know, twelve that's right batteries and then having to go out the next week to do them again. So I must have I must have had a, a rechargeable battery kit or something. I was never that sensible. But I do remember it got really good um battery life. But when it was come to the end of it, the wee, the wee red light beside the screen to tell you it was on would start to fade slightly. Oh God, uh, yeah, that's right. The screen you'd you'd start turning up the contrast more and more to sort of get the eke out the last bits of, of life in it and then once it was gone that was it. Oh, I don't Dead. think I, I don't think I knew that trick about the contrast. Yeah, yeah, that, that should you know the, it, for anyone who's you know doesn't familiar with it. I mean, you have a relatively sparse front on it. You've got D pad, two buttons, select and start, and then on one side you've got volume. On the other side, you've got contrast, and that just make, basically makes the screen um, slightly lighter or darker. And it's probably worth mentioning for anyone who hasn't played one. Uh, there's no backlight on the screen whatsoever. No. Uh, so unless you're you can't play it in the dark unless you have a nice light behind you you're playing outside you will not be able to see anything at all you'll have a bad time there's a there's a con well which i was sad to discover but i don't know why i was sad i felt it made me feel that my childhood wasn't as unique or special but i remember seeing posts recently people talking about game boy and saying oh i remember you know trying to play the game boy in the back of the car and having to like wait until we passed the street light to make my next move so i could actually see <laughs> And I would say, oh, I used to do that. Oh, yeah. And then it just went, oh, well, I guess, you know, n there's oh, wow. nothing, nothing is original anymore. Nothing is real. We all have the same shared experience. Humanity is a joke, really? et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I didn't actually think about that until you just said it. And I'm, like, I'm exactly the same. I remember now sitting mm -hmm. in the back seat, waiting on the way back from, I don't know, family, family visit or whatever, waiting for the, the streetlights to come along and you could play and we fits and starts. Mm -hmm. well suppose it's not that different now if you have a, a bad internet connection or something like that if you're streaming a game or you're playing an online game you have to wait every couple of seconds if the lag is particularly bad so you can only play bit by bit and i suppose if we're to draw parallels that that would be <laughs> a similar sort of uh everyday gaming experience you would have yeah and i, I mean yeah and that there was other things as well i can remember back um you know, it came out, it was huge, and suddenly it was probably one of the first times that uh, a gaming console or whatever had a, a really big sort of third-party market making things for them. Mm. Um, I don't know if you remember, there were things like like a screen light, or you could get a magnifying glass that, that, that made the screen bigger, um, or other ones that would put, like, uh, oh, stereo yeah. sound on it, or... You know, there's loads of, of wee third-party things you can get to plug in. Did you ever try any of those or own any? All, all the, uh, the strap-ons and attachments. I had a, I had one of those things. It was, like, it was like part overhead projector. It was one of those things that made the screen bigger. It was basically just a big magnifying glass 
that you put over the top of it and it would and make the screen slightly bigger. Did it have did it have the, 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 the lights on it as well? Yes, I'd completely forgotten that. Yes, it did have the lights. Although I don't think, I'm trying to remember, I don't think I ever really used the lights on it as much because, of course, I think they had their own battery. They did. So, the, the one I remember using had four batteries as well. So it was four in your device, four no way. and light. Yeah. yeah. Where did they go? I, I, maybe this thing is, is, is bigger than I'm remembering. I remember, I remember... Um, there was oh, things so old. Go on, I remember. You see, when Game Boy was out, this was all fields, and uh, people people were nicer, but you didn't talk to them, you know. Um, I can't imagine where I'm gonna have to look it up maybe after this and see where the batteries went. I got a feeling maybe two batteries, but a whole other four. No wonder it didn't use the lights. Well, yeah, there were different. Um, there were different third-party makers, so you know, maybe the cheaper brands had four, maybe the official ones had less. I don't, I don't remember. Did you remember? Uh, there were multiple options at the time. I don't appreciate how you're inferring that I didn't have the uh, the legit original uh, Game Boy attachment because I'm, a, I'm actually actually it's the inverse because the one I had was off-brand and it took four. So I'm wondering, oh. maybe did you have an official version that that only took two? I, doubt it. It was, I know mine was definitely a hooky version. It was like it was probably it was probably a not corner job, one Sunday, <laughs> Saturday, whatever day it was. Probably one of those, to be honest. Um, in not corner, I one main memory I have in not corner is that we were walking through and um, just to go on a wee tangent, um, right. we were walking through and of course you know we'd always go and look at the games and the chip games and stuff and that might be a whole other um legally um dubious episode, um <laughs> but I remember like pushing through the people and there was a guy. I just remember feeling this like pain on my elbow and I looked around and there was a guy standing there with a cigarette and I'd either bumped into the, the cigarette ash and burned right on my elbow mm. or he had purposely pushed the cigarette into my elbow. Ooh. I've never really known the truth. This is bringing back a lot of repressed memories. Do you want to continue this podcast? Because fuck knows where we'll end up. I swear to God. Let's talk about your mother, Marcus. Um, oh, God. Okay. So, yeah, the... Um... <laughs> Right, how you follow that one up, but um, yeah, actually, it's funny. We were just uh, talking about the and I have it in my hands and feeling like what a brick it is. I don't know if you're aware, there was a, a rather famous story in, in the 90s of um, in the Gulf War, there was a someone who had the, a Game Boy and it was bombed and it was pulled out of the rubble. And the thing is basically a black and charred mess, but somehow you could still switch it on and it still played. And it was one of those things that got like a, a give it its mythical legendary status as being you know indestructible relatively speaking is that true or is that rubbish i have Apparently a feeling it's, it's actually it's in a museum somewhere or something something I, I i do remember seeing and i saw an image of it as well because i remember hearing about it first and thinking yeah sure um but then an image of it was of a long tv show or mm. something like that and i was like wow okay maybe i don't know actually true this sounds like one of those stories where someone is like, yeah, when I was a kid, I had a Tamagotchi and I had it and shit it out and it uh, still works today uh, at the bottom of the sea or something like that. Or like the Nokia phones, it's like, yeah, I buried this in concrete and stuck it at, uh, at Chernobyl when they were, you know, filling it in and it still works. Like, well, it seems you know, like I'm, one of those. Well, you know, actually, mm, you can't really, if you say that about Nokia, it's probably true in fairness. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah the Tamagotchi, I don't know, but if you're saying it about the, the Nokia 3310... I think we're going to have to concede that one is most likely accurate. It probably would, would be the best thing to block a uh, reactor that's gone a bit mad. I believe that's a technical <laughs> term for what happened in uh, Chernobyl. Get, get the Nokia squad in. Um, Chernobyl or Chernobyl? Chernobyl seems American. Is it Chernobyl? Chernobyl. Good question. 
Mm. I'm not 100% sure. Um, we can add that to our, our research for uh, next week for readers' queries. Or someone can get in touch and tell us that we're saying it terribly wrong. Maybe That's it's a, fine. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's an anglify, anglicized version that we're, we're butchering. That's fine. I, I accept all listener, viewer letters. Bring on the abuse. Uh, I can take it and I'll find out where you live. So don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Well, moving swiftly on. <laughs> There's a lot going on. There's a repressed memories and uh, threats of physical violence. And this is because of a Game Boy. I don't know. You, you, you have to pick your topics more carefully. Who knows what will trigger me? I was thinking we were going in soft here, you know. How can you how can you get so militant about a simple Game Boy? Well, I am going to drag us kicking and screaming onwards. Um, they mentioned that also on it was one of an early example of multiplayer on a handheld, which was, you know, they had a, an external connector port um, mm. in the side of the Game Boy, which I have to be honest, I think it was called Game Link. I have to be honest, I, n- I think I used once with a that friend. That sounds familiar. So you had friends, is what you're saying? I did. I was in school. Someone else had one, and we successfully linked two Game Boys together and, and had a multiplayer of some game and thought, wow, isn't that amazing? Now, but you to need m- to be connected physically with a wire in order to do it. Mm, that sounds... That, that's, do you not remember what game it was? I'm pretty sure it was Tetris because it was. you had to make sure it was a game you both had as well. So oh, yeah. I think there's no general. no sharp play back in them days, Connor. Let me tell you, nope, none um, of that fancy stuff. My my version of multiplayer, and this is another specific memory that occasionally comes up. Where there's a lot of re- there's a lot of repressed memories coming up here, Connor. I hope you're prepared. But this one's not so bad. I remember standing. I'm, I think it was in like P. It must have been P six or something like that. Um, and it was standing out in the. The sort of the gravel yard, as it were. Um, no, it must have been like P four or something because it was all up the hill, where there was like mobile classrooms where that sort of extended the school. Anyway, um, unnecessary levels of detail here. But I remember standing out playing uh, the Game Boy, and there was like loads of people around me, and they were all sort of like had their head down, and they were all looking at the screen watching me do something. I can't remember what game it was or what I was trying to show someone, but then I looked up at one point and saw that one of the heads was actually our uh, like supply teacher or oh. like teacher what do you call like help teacher help yeah uh, oh. teaching assistant or assistant. whatever it is mm-hmm. um but she was looking down at it as well and she was just sort of smiling and was enjoying what was happening and on a separate issue i remember one day she brought in a very very black banana from home and we all said miss you're not gonna eat that are you and she opened it and had it in front of us not in a weird um erotic yeah, kind of way so it was <laughs> It was perfectly safe to eat then, yeah. She was making the point, look, there's nothing wrong with this. I'm going to eat this now. But now that it's said out loud, maybe that's another... Oh, I think I just need to go to a therapist. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you, you could spin that off into another, into another podcast. You know, Marcus, Ma- Marcus Matters. Yeah, let, let me, let, let me um, monetize and uh, broadcast all my uh, latent mental issues. Um, In fairness, that that's... A good fifty percent of the internet these days is is people soap boxes. Says says us on a podcast. and a hundred percent of podcasts. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I accept that. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, it had multiplayer. Yes, it did have. You could play with other people. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yes, the Game Boy. Uh, what I think is interesting about it, which I hadn't really thought of back in the day, was even though you did have uh, some consoles, you know, in the house already, you didn't really have handhelds. Unless you had, so it was around the same time that the competitors came out with the Game Gear, etc. But before that, if you wanted to play a video game, you generally had to use a home TV. And back then, it wasn't quite as prevalent to have a TV in your room. So you were relying on access to maybe the, you know, the family 
television in the living room or whatever, which if somebody else is watching, that was it. That meant no gaming for you. But what the Game Boy meant was for the first time, you could just go, sit away, hide away in your room or sit outside, and you had the world of gaming at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. And there was always that, that contentious issue. Even if you did get to use uh, a family TV, you were always told, no, that wrecks the TV. Like you had plugging uh, that in and using that, that wrecks it because it sends different signals to the TV or some rubbish like that. Yeah, or if you pause it, it's going to burn the screen forever. Well, that does happen though. That is, yeah. that is, that is a real thing. But I think, I think the, um, well, actually the saying that playing a console on TV, I think way, way, way back in the day of like, well, before I was born, when you did have like home computers that you would attach to the TV, that genuinely did wreck some TVs. And I think that's where that came from. But I think, home console wise that was not really a problem but the uh the zx spectrum and other machines that i hear mm. people talk about but have no concept of what they were like to use uh-huh. um sort of that era might have actually wrecked some tvs to some extent i think generally a lot of those well the amstrad and things like that they you could get dedicated monitors not necessarily one of the, some of them had green monitors where you had different shades of green and then the fancier ones obviously would have would have a full color monitor but i think generally they tried to make it like a closed system. I think maybe the Commodore 64 is the one that they tried to, to move on to. Just just put it into your TV and experience a world of computing via cassettes, like literal audio cassettes you put in to play a game on. Still still, still blows my mind. It's like as a kid, I was like, but that's for music. Why is that playing a game? Yeah. Well, tapes are, I mean, I'm, I'm not so young as to not know what a tape is or not have used one. I had tapes, but no. it, even still the concept of them still is weird to me because they're so they're, they're so physical there's a lot of moving parts you can literally take the media out and like yeah. string it around your head mm-hmm. and wreck the tape it just seems it seems odd to me but then again i suppose you could like slice up a cucumber with the cd you know so i don't know you, you know as as time goes on you know you, i'd like to see you try to you know scratch a wall using the cloud data you know what I mean? He can't yes. do that. Unless <laughs> his 5G gets out of control and starts melting all our walls and our brains and faces, oh, which, you know, yeah. might happen. It might happen. Yeah, yeah. For the record, the official position of this podcast is that 5G is fine. Just see, we have to get those disclaimers in here in case we, uh, you know, join the, the conspiracy gang. Well, maybe maybe that can be our audience. We'll just lure them in. We'll just say five, say, say stuff about 5G every now and again and then go, but anyway, Amstrad, you're fired, etc. And uh, oh, we'll, oh, we'll Mar- be fine. Marcus, there, there is nothing wrong with 5G. It's perfectly safe and it will cause no problem to any of us on this flat earth of ours. What if a 5G tower falls over and hurts someone? That's not technically true then, is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that. That's that'll just be you know filled with data. Well, yeah, that's where and data can't hurt anyone. No, and and they'll get a really good, really good reception. Mm. At the um, funeral, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, the Game Boy. Um. Moving on from the hardware, which I think we covered, we basically established that it's a brick. Mm-hmm. That was first opportunity for people to really play on on their own bat without having to be tied to television and could bring around with their friends. And, and I suppose it was a liberating experience. You had a bit of freedom for the first time, and it was very much, you know, the in thing for the kids. Did you use headphones? Or are you one of those awful people who I only presume have continued this trend by having their phone not on silent and having their conversations on speakerphone? Were you one of those children who never used headphones, so you had to sit and listen to it? No, I, I, I was a firm fan of the ones you got with it. Um, I don't know if you remember, but it was an early example of in ear in earbuds um 
I say in ear, if you were, you know, a child, the, the size of those buds was huge and they were just a hard plastic. So you really, it was much a balancing on your ears rather than actually, you know, fitting them in. But I wonder, was that one an early example of in-ear headphones? Because before that, it was still the time of, of the Walkman. And mm. the Walkman, obviously famous for its, you've got the wee box and then on your head is the wee wrap around over the head speakers with a bit of foam on mm. each ear. I wonder, was that uh, one of the first popularizations of in-ear headphones with a blue? I think one ear had blue and the other one had a wee red tint on it. I was about to say I don't remember these, but uh, you mentioning the color does seem familiar. But I think I think I might have mostly used over-ear headphones. I don't I don't know if you used it in here, but again, sounds weirdly familiar. So who knows? Who knows? Anyway, it's probably a fake ma- memory implanted by think, no, someone for some reason. I, I think they were bundled whenever you got, you know, if you got the Game Boy with the game and. Mm. Oh, you could also get the DC adapter as well, or you could literally plug it in, which was a genius addition, actually. I think I had that, or maybe I just remember seeing it written on the side of it. I think, yeah, I think it might have been written on on the packaging, but it not actually included unless you got some expensive fancy pack that I didn't. Mm. Um, I, I think it just said that it's available, but you can't actually have it. I don't know if you remember the the packaging or if it was the same when I got it, but it had a really sort of eighties idea of futuristic almost tron like you know with grid lines and these swooshing lights coming all along it and the actual game boy itself was like lit up in blue lines and stuff and i remember when i saw that on christmas day as a kid thinking this is the epitome of the future it's never going to get any better in this yeah that's that's it it. (laughs) we've got some dots on a screen this is it. The end of days begins now well i mean that's true for anything i remember about 10 years ago walking into like curries or whatever and saying like you know the hd tvs and it was the latest thing in hds and me just stand there like a a country bumpkin going it's like looking in the window so it is and sure hasn't technology in the world made an art soul out of me now because now you've got 4k so there's no point ever actually anymore being genuinely impressed with anything because there will always be something better on the way or not better necessarily but just more advanced so i'm never i'm never going to express my um enthusiasm for anything ever again because i'll only look back (laughs) on myself 10 years time and go you're an idiot you thought that was brilliant sure look at me now i think that might be one of the good things about about youth though yeah kids the kids these days that are just bombarded with a million different information sources every day via their phones uh, and the internet. I wonder, where, did we kind of were we just before that cusp where, you know, things like a, a Game Boy you could hold in your hand and you could play games on it? Was this revolutionary, mind blowing thing that because there wasn't much to compare it to was amazing for us? Mm. But I wonder, the kids now they just see so much amazing things and three D rendered things that might be possible in the future, etc. That it's hard to get something that will genuinely blow your mind. Well, that's that. That's the sort of we're looking at the next big leap or the next big step where you go, wow, this is completely different from everything that's come before because yeah. of the medium or the way it's delivered. I'm guessing the next thing is, you know, I don't know, um, chip implanted into your brain. brain. Yeah. Um, so you can imagine and, and sort of a weird ARE type thing. And then after that, sure, I'll go full matrix. Um, hopefully not in. with the dot matrix from uh, earlier. Hopefully the graphics be much better <laughs> than that. Yeah, you can you can live in the matrix, but you're limited to, to fifty nine frames per second. Yeah, I, you have to have that sixty frames per second. It's not worth it then. <laughs> so why would they do that? Yeah. <laughs> it is actually quite impressive if you think about it. I mean, well, I am gonna I'm gonna fire it up now, fire it up live. Mm. Uh, just when we're talking about the um, 
the, the 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 whole experience. I mean, you can you can guess what I'm doing. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, you know those signs. You've Stop blown and inserted. And that's yep. what's happened. Flick the switch. This is all very. There's a lot of innuendo. Ooh, going on here. And I like can can you guess the game? Okay. Super Mario Brothers. Spot on. I will stop it there. I love that music. That does just take me back. That's Super Mario Land, which was one of the. Oh, is it not Super Mario titles? Land, right? Yeah, I, yes, I yes, the, yes. I think the initial runs were you you would get your you would get your Game Boy, the headphones, um, and and the game, and it was pretty much, as far as I knew, I knew it was either you could get it with Tetris or you could get it with Super Mario Land. Hmm. I think, I don't know what mine came with, but I did have both at one stage, you know. Um, I think I ended but, up doing that as well. But yeah, no, that, that music is, um, not, to, not to be all Ben Kenobi about it, but that's that's music I haven't heard in a long time. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought I thought it was specific Super Mario Brothers, but no, it, it is Super Mario Land. Not that I'm a big Mario head or anything, but um, yeah, that, that was a very hard game. That I don't think I ever finished that. Well, I think another thing that um, we take for granted now is, as I think it's safe to say, me and you are both casual gamers to greater and lesser degrees, um, but you couldn't really save in the way we no. are so used to now. So you had the length of your batteries or the length of time you had to play before your mum told you off or, or died on you, basically. Mm -hmm. um, how long is a playthrough of Super Mario Land? That's a good question. I'm actually not sure. Is I, it, I, I, I'm sure it, it is possible to complete it. Oh, it is. You know, within a certain... Uh, what, a, what a useless statement that was. I'm sure you're able to complete it within a certain time frame, like everything else. But um, I wonder if you can complete it on a pack of fresh batteries in a reason... Like, not speed run it, but in a reasonable amount of time. Or will you need to plug it in? No, you can do it within one set of batteries. And I know this because the batteries I have uh, in this at the moment are still the same batteries that I used when I, I cleared it out a couple of years ago. Um, they haven't died or melted, so that's a bonus. Wow. But I do remember when I when I decided every now and again I take a notion to get one of my old consoles out. Um, you know, I've got a SNES, uh, original NES, and N sixty four things like that. I'll just take a notion and go through the hassle of connecting them to modern televisions. Don't but forget the SCART. More, don't forget what? Don't forget the SCART. SCART. Well, actually, it's hard because modern TVs don't only have SCART, anymore, yeah. so you have to do that RGB split. Oh. Oh, what a nightmare! God, what are problems, man? No, I took this away with me when I when I got it, and um, funny enough, I was going through airport security, and I had it because it's a prized possession. I had it in my carry on, and I was good, and I lifted it out of my bag and set it on the wee tray to go through security. And next thing I know, it wasn't my tray of of stuff taken off, taken off mm. the the gurney and pulled to the side in a European airport. And there's me thinking, oh no, what's going on here? And I don't want to go through. Not this again. Extra. I yeah. thought I cleared this up last time. <laughs> but no, it turned out. And then I saw the guy lifting stuff out and he lifted something, turned around and he called over two colleagues. And then there's two colleagues all around my stuff looking at something. And you know, you think you're fine, but then you do kind of slightly go, um, what, 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 are you, what are you looking at? Am I, you know, what? Am I, am I, am I guilty of something? But no, it turns out what they were doing was playing with the the Game Boy. They they, mm. they did a lot of them that either hadn't seen one since they were a kid or had never seen one because they're younglings. So basically, three of them stood there and then afterwards thanked me for against my will being held whilst they turned it on and tried to have a go at Mario Land. Was it worth missing your plane over? 
I didn't miss my plane, thankfully. <laughs> but um, but I, I, I actually it gave me a certain it did give me a certain joy that like you know something that's that's you know thirty years old or whatever can still gain interest and still keep people make them smile uh, when they look at it and think, <laughs> wow, look at this uh, antique. <laughs> this well, that's the thing. Oddity. That's the question I was going to ask. Did you come away from that encounter thinking that those guys were like, oh, what a cool guy or what a sad bastard? <laughs> no, they were, they, they thanked me and also they were, they were, they really enjoyed seeing it and they, they thanked me for the opportunity. Mm. So I was like, yeah, I didn't have a choice, <laughs> but yeah, you're very welcome. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, know, in in but, whatever way that you uh, perceived me to be. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't do anything wrong. Um, but that time I did, I did fire through the, the Super Mario Land and actually, if you're an adult who's in any way familiar with the game and or brought up on them, you can actually fire through it relatively quickly. Mm, I, mean, I talking three, four hours and you'll have it done. I don't think I completed that. Um, I don't think I completed Tetris. Is Tetris possible to complete? Mm, I don't think you can ever complete it because it just goes up and up and up. Um, oh, what, 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 the, what game did you have? What Do you remember what your first game, whenever you first got it and fired it up, what the first game you played was? Um, it probably was the Mario game, but I remember having Kirby's Dreamland as well, and yes. that was quite fun. Oh. I, that, that began, because I played it on the Game Boy and then for a very, very long time, never encountered kirby again in the wild and then i started to see kirby online again weirdly as part of memes and stuff um and then i downloaded a game i can't remember to where i downloaded it um but like a sort of updated kirby game and it's still quite fun there's qe cartoon graphics and the the jaunty music and the fact that uh kirby goes around sucking loads of things into his mouth and spitting them out i was just about to say that was that was on the on the game because i think I got that really late on somehow. I think somebody bought me Kirby Pinball, maybe. I had I that as like, well, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think I might have brought it back and swapped it out for Kirby's Dreamland. I, I had that. I did complete Kirby's Dreamland. I can remember that. Yep, I vaguely remember that. that was that was the, you're right, there was the enemies, you have to suck them in and then you can float. You can float. Weirdly, yeah. uh, if you suck <laughs> in, what is it that, if you suck someone, again, this is this is a filth. Uh, podcast. If Only you suck in your mind, well, that's just what Kirby does to me. Or Kirby, as uh, you you could call him, and that's a whole other uh, old <laughs> game of your. Um, but uh, you suck an enemy in, and then you spit him out like a projectile. But you can also like suck in air, I think, and use that to sort of float as if he's full of helium or something. And he can also spit that and go. Boo! Um, that's right. Oh, I should look up that sound effect. But yeah, good fun. I remember one of the bosses is like a, a tree that you uh, spit at. Yes, and has the, just has a nose. Has yeah, the, a and you can stand on the nose, nose I think. Uh, anyway, I can't remember the rest of them. Well, what other games did you have? So you had Kirby, you had Mario, you had Tetris, I presume. Yes, and I had, was it, what do you call it, Bomberman? Yep, Super Bomberman or all the very Bo- Oh, it was Bomber, Bomberman versus Wario, I think it was. Um, and uh, that that was a lot of fun. That was I really enjoyed that. And for years afterwards, it took I would have like very very faint memories of it, and just go that was such a fun game to play because it was quite simple. You put a bomb down and it'll explode in four perpendicular directions, and you have someone else who's doing the same thing, and you're like destroying like this arena or this sort of underground wall type thing, and you can pick up power ups and stuff. It was quite good. I remember yeah. it being quite fun. I think it's still not. I think variations of it still knocking around. Um, yeah. Might have one of my arcade machine actually. 
and have that on snare. I think I have that on snares as well. Bomberman was great. I think it's an mm. example of a, a relatively straightforward game premise that just never really goes out of date. It's just great. It's like chess. Or Mario, simple platformer, still mm-hmm. going now. Or, as we both mentioned, having Tetris. And I think Tetris probably um, deserves special mention in general because it's not only is the story behind it incredible, but I think it was the biggest selling game of all on across the entire Game Boy collection. You know, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, all those variants. Well, I think number one was Tetris, and it sold something like 35 million copies or something back in the day. Possibly well, more. that's it. Glory to the Soviet Union and all that, but um, I don't actually like Tetris. Really? I oh. don't like it. Oh my! I like the music. I like the story behind the, the game. Um, but the actual so we'll game, do, I think we'll probably do an episode on on the story behind Tetris because it's quite impressive considering mm. developed for old, you know, IBM systems. That next thing you know, it gets licensed out by the Soviet Union and becomes the Western biggest game. There we go. Developer behind it, doing it all in his own bat, and ah, no, we'll do it. We'll 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 cover that sometime, probably. You know, and, and it, Tet- it really Tetris nice. is still going on now. You know, Putin is playing Tetris with the uh, the world as we speak, <laughs> and he has done for the last twenty odd years. Actually, so, have you seen have you seen any of the, the the recent iterations of Tetris? Tetris Unlimited or something yeah, like that. What is it? I know Tetris Night or something like that, where you can play against a hundred other people at once and sabotage their games. In real time and things like that. I heard about it and thought this is just silly. Uh, and I gave it a try and discovered it is weirdly addictive. I've heard that it's amazing and it's apparently very, very good in VR, which I well, I have the PlayStation VR, so I could actually play it. But you know what? I don't Ooh. like Tetris. Ah, uh, no, so... come on. We, I, think, I think, you know, for the sake of the pod, we should get it in VR, make ourselves sick playing it for half an hour, uh, and then realize actually it was better on the Game Boy. We'll do an episode Tetris Through the Ages. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, compare and contrast but uh, this sort of episode can only come from uh, the hearty support from you listeners donate today so we can yeah. buy uh, a VR set for Connor and uh, two copies of the game uh, if you want to hear this content you got to stump up that's the main message here <laughs> the Tetris fund actually funny when I was when I was looking into this you were just talking about being liberant and like you know going around the Soviet Union coming out and giving people opportunities to play and it was kind of a new thing where people could play on their own bat without needing the home TV or whatever. An interesting fact that I find about it is that in 1995, Nintendo, in America anyway, announced that according to their research, 46% of Game Boy players were female. Mm, Which, when you, when you think about even the perception of, of gaming now in general... Yeah. It's very much, it's a boys, it's a male-dominated arena. I mean, just look at the games and their content and, you know, the arguable sexualization of certain things in games, etc. But I think it's really interesting to see that, that the concept of it being a boys thing clearly wasn't necessarily the case back in, in 1995. But like I say, 46% of players were women. Yeah, that's that's quite good. I mean, that, the whole thing about, like, games games and gamers and, and video games and all that being sort of like more of a boys thing when you go back and look like the the, the first video game programmers were women uh-huh. and it was very much seen as like sort of uh i don't know what you call it, like sort of busy work or sort of something that you know oh well sure we'll get the women to do that whereas now it's the other way around 
mm-hmm. most video game developers and programmers are men because it is now seen as a desirable um, career or way to get into video games. But mm-hmm. yeah, so it's always interesting to see. You know the you know the difference. Oh, as a comedian, let me tell you, the difference between men and women is staggering, <laughs> and uh, that's a whole other uh, lifetime worth of bullshit to talk about. Um, but yeah, no, the, it's interesting to see the um, the the breakdown of that. Well, you know, I'd be I'd be I'd be great if um, you know Game Boy's history and female players were uh, formed part of your next uh, stand up routine. I think that would be great. So if you want to, you know, well, you, yeah, you can license it. Absolutely. I'm coming to a stand-up routine near you in probably 2023 at this rate before uh, live comedy <laughs> live comedy comes it's back. Serious. I just can't wait to get back on that stage and tell people about all the uh, boring bullshit I've been up to uh, during this pandemic. Who cares? Oh, yeah, just sit and do a podcast for fuck's sake. There's going to be so much of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, being locked inside, eh? <laughs> Lock, lockdown? More like um, locked up. Uh, I'll be if I have to sit with my missus uh, for another um, day. Oh. Yeah, well, that's something to look forward to. Is Actually, it? speaking of, I don't know if, the, if there's also a famous photograph of um, Hillary Clinton playing a Game Boy on a flight way back in the early 90s. Oh, what was she playing? Uh, well, I don't know. wasn't able to find that out, but I actually did look, I'm, and it's, it's it's referenced in a number of sources. Uh, that was one of the things she did, um, you know, to pass the time when she was traveling. She would get stuck into the Game Boy. I'm going to assume it was Tetris. Well, I'm, I'm going to assume, and not, not because she's a woman, but because she's a politician, I'm going to mm-hmm. presume that that's bullshit to seem hip and cool at the time and hashtag relatable before there was hashtag relatable and this is probably also off the back of me finishing watching veep where everything in that is is a cynical ploy um so unless we have a confirmation of which game she was actually playing i don't know if i would believe that someone might have handed their game boy and then they took a picture of it i'm I'm gonna stay i'm a game boy truther connor and this is what this podcast is going to be about from now on um yeah, I look forward to the edit. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Game Boy Git. Um, all right. So, um, did you did you have any experience with the the next generation after the original Game Boy came out? They started doing special editions, like the the play it loud and Game Boy Colors, which was essentially the original, um, but slightly you know slimmer and. You get yellow ones or one with Pokemon characters on them. Then they they brought out things like Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Light, which I don't think was in Europe, which just basically meant that it had a backlight on it, so you could play it in the dark. Um, and then there was the Game Boy Advance, which Nintendo themselves categorized as a separate to the original Game Boy completely, because it was it was just not comparable in their eyes. No. No, me neither. I have to be honest. No, OG I, I, for life. OG for life. I remember people having it, and I specifically remember like the Game Boy Advance and someone having like a yellow one, but I just didn't like the shape of it. And I just, I remember looking at it and again, just feeling like an old man going, Sure, why would you want color? Use your imagination. <laughs> you know, here, I, there's no backlight on it because you can only play it during the day when God can see ye. If God can't see ye, it's not time for Game Boy. You know, um, I just I just felt it being sort of like you know, science has gone too far here, guys. Um, why not just stick with the original? Playing with it back in uh, the nineties. I don't remember if I ever played um, a Game Boy in mass. I'm trying to think of situations where I might have 
uh, whipped it out, as it were, and it being inappropriate. Um, but I'm sure, same as today, I'm looking for any opportunity to go off and play a video game. So um, there's a high likelihood I was probably at like some sort of family gathering and just like went and hid in the bathroom or something just so I could sit and play so Game Boy. I definitely mm-hmm. remember hiding away from things just so I could go and play with the Game Boy because especially like family visits and stuff where the parents are yeah. doing the sensible talk and you're just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just going to sit in the stairs here and uh, quietly lift out my what I thought was a subtly in my pocket Game Boy, which was probably yeah. the size of my leg. But it's I, it's I, the only I, console that requires you to be wearing cargo shorts at any given moment if you want to play it. Yeah, because that's yeah. the only way you can carry it about practically. So yeah, um, I think that, that that roughly covers the the, the brick. Um, and I also actually been talking about it being a brick. I think that's actually a, probably a big selling point because when it came out, it was you know largely for a, a youth youthful audience and kids um because gaming wasn't really established in the same way then and you know now it's a much more mature audience the the video game market and mm. um, but then it was very much targeted kids and the fact that this thing could hardly be busted probably really really helped yeah i never remember ever hearing of a game boy breaking i don't think i've yeah. ever actually seen one I've never seen a Game Boy with a scratched, a scratched, a, I've never seen a Game Boy with a smashed screen, even online. I haven't seen, I don't know, how, how, how would you even start? How would you break one? I suppose you could dunk it in a bucket of water, but I mean, you could you could chuck it down stairs a good few times and nothing would happen to it. That's a really good point. I'm thinking when I was a kid, I, I, the worst I ever saw was someone who um, had dropped it, I think it was out of a window or top of a roof, and the, the bit of the plastic <laughs> on the top corner was cracked and it was a tiny just you know we chip it come off it but other than that perfect did Not they do this intentionally issue. no i think they were they had it in their pocket yeah uh, and were climbing up onto a roof which they probably mm. shouldn't have been and it did that classic because it's the size of a small house it just fell out of their pocket oh dear no i never remember one being broken or no. impeded in any way some people no. did have problems with the screen or even you know when you put in the cartridge you'd get the Nintendo symbol, but a few wee random dots around it, and that was basically a sign that you needed to do the traditional cartridge, take it out, blow on it, and put it back in so the connectors are clean. Yeah, no, I remember doing that a few times. Yeah, well, that fixed it. That was always a magic, magical solution. That if you did that, that was it. Everything was fine again. Well, Nintendo do like their cartridges. Even the Nintendo Switch still has like SD card cartridges type thing. I did have a, a Nintendo GameCube, and that did have discs, but we're talking tiny, tiny discs, mm-hmm. like like half yes. the size of a, a, a tra- traditional uh, CD. The mini, you know, mini DVD. Um, and they they were good. And I, I like the old GameCube now. Hey, well, you know, funny talking about us saying it's indestructible. I did 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 look up that. Um, Game Boy damaged in the Gulf War, um, and it the picture of it it is a charred mess. Pretty much everything is melted. The, the, the over the top, you know, the, where we say the screen never breaks. There's like a screen protector on the top, and then the screen's below it. The screen mm-hmm. above it is gone, but and the rest of it is just black and kind of roughly Game Boy shaped. But you can see that the whole thing's pretty much completely melted. Um, oh. But he was wounded was in action. It was damaged in the Gulf War in 1991, caught in a bomb, but it still works. And is now on display at the Nintendo World Store in New York. Everything on it is still original. The screen was never replaced. Uh, but if so you look up the image, you'll just be like, "Wow!" If anything said, I mean, maybe maybe this is where Nokia got its inspiration for the thirty three ten. Maybe you know, yeah. let's build something completely indestructible. So maybe maybe they use the same plastic. Mmm. Follow the plastic. 
I bet Hillary's involved in this too. You know what I mean? It's all linking back. That's what it was. She was testing that Game Boy to see if during the Gulf War they could send them over to see if they were... Look, this all adds up. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Marcus, you've been in lockdown for how long now? Um, it feels longer than anyone else. But um, there's, a, there's a definite link there. You can't deny it. It's all adding up. It is. Uh, uh, so, yeah, that, yeah. Well, so it's safe to say that that was a good thing again as well. It didn't break every five minutes, so parents thought that's a good investment. And to say that it's a good investment is kind of an understatement when you consider that, you know, this one that looks like I have in my hands, 30, 30 years old, and still works perfectly. And there's barely a mark on it. The worst it's got is some slight um, yellowing of the plastic on the top, very mild. But that's just because it's been sitting in the sun at some point. But other than that, this is pretty just to plays anything a bit in it. A mild yellowing of the plastic. Um, sounds delightful. Um, yeah, I wish I, I wish I still had mine, but as I said, mine is um, probably in the gut of some uh, ancient uh, sea beast. <laughs> sea beast, so, lower depths. Um, yes. I also had DuckTales, actually, in terms of games, which apparently was a coveted one, which I didn't realise until recent years when I was looking into it. Apparently, this was the, mostly the music in it, which you're probably familiar with from some memes, actually, to talk, to talk internet speak. Um, there's there's this uh, one of the sounds uh, the music tracks on it is really common in a particular meme you know where someone does something and then flies off into space ah okay so I'll uh, I'll have to look it up I don't remember I don't remember any other games that I had I think that's probably all the games I had maybe can't really remember okay so I mean a lot of people would say that the Game Boy and the success of it as a handheld um, portrait orientated device um was a kind of a precursor or you know was part of the reason why we got um the advent of phones with screens and games and ultimately obviously the iphone which in terms of technology advantages advances is generally heralded to be a you know an, an iconic turning point mm -hmm. but uh, a lot of people say that this laid the groundwork for the things we all have in our pockets today for something that you can hold in your hand and play with yes and put batteries in. Mm -hmm. um, so, we won't get into the greater um, societal <laughs> development and technology points then. Nope. Um, so, Marcus Cayley, when, you, when you, you look at it now as, as the, the large grey slab that it is, do you think it still holds up 30 years later? Is it still, are the memories that we have of it being this wonderful thing, are they justified? Uh, yes, abs abs absolutely. Um, because it is, uh, it's an iconic design. Um, it's something again, uh, something you can physically hold in your hand. Um, everyone over a certain age has a memory of it, either having one or seeing them about. And as you just said, it seemed to be the basis for a lot to come. Um, and its its success cannot be denied. Um, now, for someone who didn't grow up with it, they might see it as a nice wee sort of as those lovely um, airport men. Um, so, as an uh, interesting curio um, novelty. But I think it's sufficiently retro enough looking for young people today to go, "Oh, that's kind of cool, I guess." You know, um, it doesn't look. I don't think it looks sort of naff enough for people to think that it was shite, but it's also, I don't know, it's it kind of has a brutalist design and look to it, which yeah. weirdly most people, I guess, don't like brutalist mm -hmm. architecture now, but in terms of game consoles, they're fine, I guess. Um, yeah, but no, I, I like the, the look of it even now, you know. Um, 
yeah, it just it seems quite um not quaint, but sort of with the cartridge and the sound of putting the cartridge in and the fact that so little buttons, it's minimalist <laughs> in a weird way too. I don't know. I think I think for me, yes, for the wider public, I guess, yeah. I, I can't see why anyone would have a, a problem with it. It's not trying to be any more than it is and it was quite impressive for its time and you could still play it and have fun with it. So Yeah, that, that's one of the things that I kind of find when it, you know, had a, a preparatory sort of go on it there earlier. It, it it really strikes me that the fundamentals of it really aren't that different to you know a game you might play on your phone now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the only difference being is you know color graphics, but the fundamental aspects of a good game, and I think that's kind of that's universal. A good game will stand the test of time, no matter what format it is or where it comes from. Whether it's a board game, whether it's you know a card game. Actually, it's funny to say that the. Nintendo itself was originally a card game company. Mm-hmm. They started in like the 1880s. They've been around for, um, you know, over a century or so mm-hmm. before they decided, oh, let's do something technology related. But playing it now, it's still really enjoyable to play. And, you know, with Tetris still being popular, you play it on this and you could still very easily while away a couple of hours sitting there in your own wee world with your headphones in and enjoy it. So I, I think it's, it's still cool, and I think its status as, you know, it has a sort of, an, I think it has a retro sort of iconic status about it as being, you know, the Game Boy. It's the started it all. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. I, um, I I look forward to paying to buy one at a very inflated price once I hit my midlife crisis what, in, a, what, in a good few years. Hopefully good few years. Yeah, well, you can buy it now. They're only going to get more expensive. There aren't many, many more of them coming around. So, and I, I think it's it's interesting that you know what I said. The initial the initial response internally when it was being developed was quite bad. They they effectively called it the the lame game, mm. um, and its code name was DMG, um, and that is the model number that it ended up getting put on every single one of them. DMG zero one, it's on every Game Boy, and that stands for Dot Matrix Game. Nice. Yeah. So. I, I, I think it's not the test of time and anyone who gets the opportunity now to play one should because it's a stripped back, simple experience but the fundamentals of enjoying your, yourself playing with a really good game kind of hasn't changed and you can still do it on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this one we give a pass and say that the nostalgia is very much justified. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I um no, I can't I can't think of any negatives and any negatives that are there well well would be perceived as negatives only add to its charm, e.g. the batteries and the weird third party official um attachments that you can put on it. It's just kind of it's a weird fun aspect to it where yeah it did have its problems and they released all this crap to go with it to try and fix mm-hmm. it and yeah. also to make more money obviously but um it's kind of funny to think that there is an official giant magnifying glass <laughs> attachment there are That's weird okay. big um analog i think was there no that you could like enhance the buttons you could put like bigger yeah, buttons bigger on buttons. the buttons yeah. you know uh-huh. um so yeah it's kind of if you can look it up and see one entirely tricked out with every accessory and it looks insane so yeah there's yeah, uh it looks like a transformer gone wrong even, even yeah. the screen on it though that dot matrix you know single pixel I didn't really see it on anything else, but yet it worked so well. And that's the reason why it beat its competitors because it didn't have to worry about a color backlight or powering all that. It just meant it could play for hours with a simple screen. And obviously it, you know, it outlasted everyone else. So it showed that it didn't need the bells and whistles of color or stereo sound. And do we need that now? 
Absolutely. Yes, we do. <laughs> because our yeah. our sad old smooth brains need some <laughs> sort of um, interaction. So I can't even think of the, the right word there. Um, no, they do need bells and whistles. Actually, funny, if we were just, you were talking about the accessories. Uh, I forgot to mention one, which I never had myself, but I remember being a thing, was the Game Boy camera um, and the Game Boy <gasps> printer. I had those. You did not. I did. I oh, I well, completely you know that that, forgot that that actually held a record as the as the smallest digital camera for a while. Oh wow! World. Because and and from what I I saw of it, it was actually quite impressive. The image that I could get you just in dots. Yeah, it was actually pretty well done. You could turn it around so it would be a selfie before yeah. selfies were a thing. Yeah, I was. I was. Forward. I was printing out pictures of selfies of myself. Back in the back in the nineties, I completely forgotten I had that. No it was way. a good wee bit of kit. That it was it was nice. The printer was good. Yeah, no, I completely right at the end here. I've remembered I had. <laughs> well, I can't remember why I had it. It might have been, oh, uh, it was some sort of software or game that, and you put the card. It's like take a picture. Uh, with this cartridge or some uh-huh. stuff like that. I can't remember the exact purpose of it, but yeah, Did no, that I remember put you into the game or something. Yes. I'm trying to remember what game though. Oh, I can't remember. I completely forgot that I had it in the first place, so yeah. it's no surprise that I don't remember. But yeah, or or you could just sit and print out pictures of your face or whatever. Yeah. You what took. Did the, but did the print out turn? Was the print as good as the image on screen? Because any examples Pr- I'd seen of it, the the print out wasn't that great, but on screen it looked really good. To my memory, because it's a dot, it's a dot matrix screen, and the printer was a dot matrix yeah. printer. So it was pretty good yeah, yeah, well, it wasn't picture perfect, mainly because the camera itself wasn't that great of a yeah. camera. So, yeah. you know, there was... Yeah. I don't think there was any case where I went, this is shit. I remember quite enjoying it. I can't remember why, though. Why did I have that? Oh, God. I, 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 I don't look it up because it might unlock some sort of horrible memory. We'll need to have another Marcus Matters episode where oh, we discuss God. what this meant to you. Well, actually, you know, that, that also says, you know, seeing as that was one of the first... Uh, miniature digital cameras uh, and also one of the first that allowed you to take selfies so maybe the Game Boy mm. is not only responsible for 8-bit music and the fact that it's still going or um, you know uh, selfies yeah, and mobile phones maybe maybe we have a lot more to thank the Game Boy for than we actually realise yeah I'd say right. so yeah there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of uh, coincidences or not Oh. Um, yeah, well, I, there think, you go. I, think, I think in conclusion, we can say that um, once again, the nostalgia is very much justified uh, in this case. And the Game Boy remains an awesome piece of kit 30 years later and probably more appreciation now of, of its importance than there would have been when it first came out, when it was just another toy that was popular at mm. Christmas. So there you go. If you get a chance, have a game on the Game Boy. Um, and I think that will probably wrap us up for now, so I'm not keeping you all night. But thank you very much, Marcus. Would you like to plug your pluggables? Yes, uh, you can get me on Twitter at, at Marcus Keeley, which is just my name. Um, I also have a podcast called the Instant Feedback Podcast, which recently celebrated its first birthday, where I have over 20 guests come on in sequence. And uh, that was insane to do, but I did it. Impressive. Yeah, you have listened to at least part of it, so I apologize yeah. in advance for for the rest. Um, no, but I, I would anyone who get a chance go on and look up Instant Feedback Podcast wherever you get your podcast because um, you know he's got how many how many people did you say it was? Um, there's over twenty. I think there's about twenty two or twenty three people turning up at a door, knocking the door, and I 
say hello welcome to the party and it's a bit of weird fun that we so all yeah, pretend we're at a party to, yeah you, you go and give it a listen you will hear very unique things like you know a bathtub full of smash mm. um jägermeister and narcotics strange mix along with vegan baileys so if you get a chance go and give it a listen where can we find out your stuff connor well, um, you can find us on the social medias in general, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, and the Twitters at Nostalgia No More. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Happy days. Obviously, if you'd like to like this or subscribe or you know smash that like button, smash subscribe. that like button, yo, like that so, uh, that uptick on that uh, button, you know. <laughs> hey that's guys. what the kids say all right well um i think that'll do this for episode two um and i think that's that's uh, i could talk about the game boy until next year but i think it will spare the audience's ears so until next time uh thank you very much marcus thank you and i will see you all next time goodbye goodbye